Give you a little Ric Flair. Woo! No, oh, I've just brought you into the. Uh, I just unmuted your mic. We're we're gonna do our first interview on Sweat Equity uh, with uh, what I'd like to call power attorney uh, Steve, the Confetti Fan Teddy. Uh, he comes on our college football podcast. He's got a motor. Let's see what words of wisdom he can impart. So we'll we'll do what you you do on a uh, on a professional radio show or podcast. We'll bring in uh, our guest so you can hear his voice, distinct, different from ours. Uh, Steve, what up? How's it going? There you go, Caleb. How how you doing? What's happening? All doing right, doing well. Doing well. Just got off a uh, off a little move here, so I'm trying to get my uh, my bearings about me a little bit. But we're good. We're ready. Let's well, do this. Well, okay. Well. I, all right, I, I'll, we'll start with that, actually, because I just had to move about a month ago. As did I. As did you. <laughs> uh, you were my neighbor That's in right. Ybor City, and uh, which is like uh, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> if anybody's wondering what part of Tampa Ybor City is, it's essentially Grand Theft Auto. You could walk out, get a hooker. You could walk out, just do nothing. Grab just, a car. Just <laughs> grab, yeah, grab a ride and yeah. just whoop, whoop. Uh, do, do y'all handle the moving aspect like you do almost like you're a project manager? Like, I, I try to see it in my head like, okay, we got to get this uh, by this date, and we have to get these big things by this date. Uh, we're going to hire movers because it's going to save us a lot of time, and my, I'm not going to bitch as much. Yeah. Uh, where you see that opportunity cost. Do y'all see it that way, or just is it sloppy because y'all both have – Women as well, so that can yeah. that can throw a variable in there. Yeah, and, and that's and that's kind of where the uh, you know the arguing comes in is, huh. is with the with the significant other, um, just you know making sure we we checked all the boxes. But yeah, I gotta say I gotta give a shout out to uh, to College Hunks Moving. Um, they sent two guys over who were incredible, um, Cam and and Brandon. Were they cute? Um, you know, I, w- I don't know if I'd go as far as to say cute. Um, they were hunks though. They were hunks. So they, you know, there was no false advertising there. What, but, uh, what did their junk look like? Was it shaved? <laughs> mm. This was college hunks moving, uh, not hauling junk. Oh, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. So, uh, I think they, I think they left the junk uh, at home that day, but, uh, but it was good, man. It was, it was smooth and easy. Um, but I, I did the, I did the thing where I tried to be the hero, um, which I'd recommend not doing. Um, I, I I wanted to you make wait. everything as light as possible, so I would take all the drawers out yeah. and like dump the contents in what I thought was satisfactory of a, a trash bag. Okay, I guess that's not the way to do it. That's that's not how you move. Apparently, what do you mean? Well, I, I guess you were supposed to leave everything in all the drawers, and they like saran wrap the shit out oh, of yeah. everything. Yeah, and uh, and they're apparently they work out so they can lift everything with all the drawers in. Yeah, um, that's yeah. I, I w- that's new to me. So. So I took everything out, and now all my shit is moved, and it's where it needs to be. But the contents of those, you know, items are just in trash bags. I don't know where anything is. Well, to be fair to you, I would say a if this is the first time you've hired movers, you yeah. would have no idea that <laughs> this be, is the very first time. I've moved a number of times. It'd be so. really pretentious to be like, yeah, I'm gonna leave everything in there for these guys. Right. You had something called empathy, which a lot of people don't have, but also at the same time. Uh, you're going to find you're going to need to throw out about half the shit anyway. And oh, yeah, there's so no question. It, it might have been a blessing in disguise, even though you just made it harder on yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you pulled a real Batman move. <laughs> you're like, because the city needs a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, this move needs a hero. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what it needed. Steve, did you find the project management area? It, you, I don't know if this is more or less how your mind works, but if you're moving something, you kind of apply a lot of business efficiencies to what you're doing or is it just like when i'm at home it's just fuck it i don't know yeah i'll tell you what i had a plan from the get-go maybe i was just the way i am i actually called them first and i the moving company spartan moving company in clearwater they're very good Um, i don't know if we're throwing plugs here but (laughs) anyway no no it's actually good (laughs) we need to throw plugs in the beginning for when we get advertised we're gonna do that they were very good on time did a great job saran wrapped the shit of everything like you said but um what i did ahead of time was i asked them i said look i've never actually hired movers before it's my first time i said what do you recommend i do and i was just taking notes on what he was telling me so when they came 
I had everything boxed that they wanted boxed, certain things that were breakable. I put those in a certain section. They knew how to grab and what, so they weren't guessing on what they were lifting. And it was so fast and perfect, no problems. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really surprised it used to be a lot of like um, uh, what I call uh, community college dropout uh, kind of guys that didn't have their shit together. Yeah. It's like just a dude with a truck that I don't know. It, it I had purple mover eaters that something. Is, that's still out there though i mean I, I, we moved from an apartment complex where it, you just see the sketchiest trucks pull up possible <laughs> yeah and that just like 15 people hop out and you're like what the fuck underlay, like, underlay, yeah. yeah you're like what the hell is going on here the so, only thing i like worry about like when you're watching it's like because I, I, I don't know if it's different for you but like they get charged like kind of like by the hour or whatever they charge you every hour for what they're doing yeah like if they start slacking it's like do i say anything do you see them walking slower back into the house yeah. but they're lifting the stuff with dollies they're just I? they're just counting their yeah. steps like foot, <laughs> foot upon foot oh, like they say, oh, pick it up tiny steps because yeah. you're mexican uh the, the uh one thing we had the pricing structure was um they they at every box after like whatever it added to so however many boxes it could be small it could be large or things which i really like trash bags it's like a buck and i was like yeah yeah you're gonna take everything <laughs> yeah you're gonna, you're gonna take as much as possible right. uh because we didn't delete anything before uh we moved so we just have a bunch of shit caleb actually helped get nice. a lot of that shit out of there yeah, no that's good that's my good this deed for last included. weekend yeah uh that was last weekend maybe Two. feels like it god woo! uh good old rick flair woo! <laughs> all right so this podcast and um, and we're banking episodes, so this will probably come out in two or three weeks or something like that. But uh, I, we've gotten some good feedback already. I'm glad. Uh, I've talked to probably a handful of people in person, and then I just got texts, G chats, whatever. If you have any questions you want us to answer on this podcast, you can email me personally at law at tocoworks dot com or Caleb. Hit up Caleb because he doesn't get many emails. Yeah, Caleb show me some at love. tocoworks.com and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to throw them in. We'll try to weave them in the fabric of this podcast. There we go. What? Um, all right, Steve. So you're you're a guy that has a motor. Uh, you're the dude at the gym that <laughs> runs to the gym. Uh, if I remember correctly, that's right. Which makes you feel like a piece of shit <laughs> if you if you drive like I do. Sweet, Steve's here. Sweet, <laughs> awesome. He's like, oh, I'm just finishing up. What are you doing? I was like, I just woke up. It's <laughs> eight thirty. He's like, fuck, man. I've been in here for three hours, just pounding weights. Like, whoa, you got the arm butter on and everything. <laughs> Baby I don't know. Oil. I don't know how you bring that with you in a knapsack, but it's uh. One of those things where you're a guy that just wakes up and just gets shit done. That's it. Uh, let's let's. How did, did do you have you were you always like that, or did you kind of uh, manufacture that kind of energy? I'll tell you what. Honestly, it was um, playing college football. You, it is so schedule driven and time management driven that once you make it a habit in your life, I don't think you can ever get out of it. Because I've tried. Like I've tried to sleep in. I can't. I feel yeah. like I have to attack my day every day. So. First thing is you have where, to get. Where'd you play again? I played at Michigan Tech University. There you I played go. wide receiver. I yeah. gotta ask the questions for, for the for the listener. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, in, when you're in college, it's like you know you have to get up at 5 a.m. If you can't get your lift in when you have class in the afternoon, because the lift is always in the afternoon, so you get up and do it in the morning. So you lift first, and then you have to eat a certain meal after you're done lifting, and then you go home and, and obviously get your stuff ready for class after you shower, of course. And then, um, mm -hmm. you know, then you go go to classes and then you have classes usually from nine o'clock until about two. Sometimes you'll end earlier. You have a lunch somewhere in there. Then you got to watch film and every single position has a different film time to be at. So you watch film. Then after that, you have another uh, position meeting. You watch like the artist or yeah. uh, <laughs> you watch the uh, team from the opposing week or you'll watch oh, your oh, that practice film. film. Yeah, that film. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like I'm glad a you clarified film. that. Yeah. No, it's good. I'm, I'm glad you broke that down for the <laughs> not uh, everybody's listeners. Not everybody's a football. That's fanatic, true. I'm kind of assuming as I'm talking to you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's good. And then obviously after that, then you got to get, get ready. Uh, you do some kind of like therapy stuff or get taped up for practice then you have practice then then after practice is done you have a quick dinner sometimes you got to do more therapy stuff get in the cold tub get some ultrasound whatever and then you have to go to study hall and you basically have these set times that, that that the school makes you go to if you're a football player and there's tutors there if you need them and you got to be there for a certain amount of hours and then once that's done 
you can leave there and go home, but you usually have more work and studying to do because you had to leave class and you couldn't just study like every regular student after. Then you go back and do more studying. You prep your stuff for the next day. And sometimes Jesus. you even do more football stuff. And so, then so you start your day over again every day. So you kind of just get time regimen and you got to squeeze things in when you can. And then, like I said, you're just so used to doing that for four straight years. And like me, when I was done playing football in college, I had a chance. I went to the combine for the CFL to play pro in uh, Canada. And I decided I had some opportunities to do some free agent stuff. I decided to just go right to law school. And when you go from one to the other, I was the same way in law school. I got up and worked out. Yeah. I started prepping for my class. You go to class. Yeah. So that's why it kind of just stays with you. That white privilege must have helped <laughs> a lot. But it Come is. On, it's, no, but, uh, <laughs> it, but that's what I'm saying is like, it's not a race thing. It's just you, you had the motor to do it. Uh, and you had guys on your team that were the same way. Exactly. Um, self discipline's really tough. Do you think you could have done that without someone pushing you in that direction? I think I could only because once you realize it works, and you don't want to be left behind because you see it also working for everybody else, mm -hmm. you don't want to change. And you have a sign of like a, a fear of failure, which I always have had probably forever. And um, I think that's probably what drives you to keep it because you're so used to, you feel if you change, what if I did this different, would I still be as effective? And you almost don't think you would be. So why would you change what's working? Yeah. And, and almost even if you think you would be, mm -hmm. why? If it's working, you exactly. know, why change it? If, yeah. if you could say, man, I could, I could probably sleep in another hour, you know, or get, or find another hour to, to, to do whatever. But why would I pick something else up if this is working for me with what I want to do? Yeah. Um, I agree. Cause yeah. even, even if I have that free hour sometimes and like, oh, I could go sleep or something, I end up finding something else to do yeah. to make myself better. Like I'll go read, you know, something in the wall street journal online, or I'll check out the news and see if anything's going on in the legal field. I need to be aware of or any changes yeah. in the law. So it's like, I'm still using that time management thing to still improve on something rather than just, you know, doing something yeah. else. And I think that, I think that everybody um, ha has that, uh, I wouldn't call it an aha moment, but when you, when you kind of find the, the schedule that works for you and uh, the routine and, and getting in that, um, whether you, I mean, I played college sports as well, and um, you know everything he said for for football is pretty spot on uh, with baseball as well. Yeah. Um, you know, minus the, the the video stuff, which actually now they they do a lot more of, but hence the scouting block. Yeah. Shameless plug. Mm -hmm. um, Scoutingblock.com. Follow <laughs> on Instagram. Check scouting block. Be a great Christmas gift coming up. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Um, but you, you've you've got that schedule, and when you're you know when when you're in that mode, and you 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 know you just say, hey, I've I've got to do uh, A, B, and C, and that's going to get me to, to where I need to get to for, for these games and for the classroom and uh, to succeed and all this stuff. And then when you're done playing, that's all you've known for the past, you know, however many years. And so when you go out in the world on your own, it's like, okay, I, I think I know the schedule I need to be on in order to continue being successful. Mm -hmm. You make, you know, some changes accordingly. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think you're spot on, man. Yeah. yeah well, I, you asked why, why would you stay in and, another hour and it ever i mean we're all kind of like yeah i'd rather sleep in another hour there's something more pushing you like yeah there, there is a there is an instance where you're asking why wouldn't you do it once you know it works and it's like it's kind of human inclination just to kind of be like ah oh, fuck it like <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah i think we all have those days where we're like yeah. uh, no i'm gonna like i'm staying in bed you know you know it's it's fall here in tampa so that means it gets below seventy five for a couple days. It's nipply. And Tough I, I'm, life. I'm wearing a uh, I'm wearing a hoodie right now, and it's uh, high hey, school baseball hoodie. Yeah, there's no there's no way it's uh, it's colder than seventy two right now. And I wouldn't walk the dog this morning. I was like, I'm gonna get my jacket. Well, still still repping the high school but, uh, sweater. Which you have is, to man. This have high school to. hoodie. So, but and, and well, it's one of those things where. I tried to get up at like eight and I did the fuck it. And I was like, nah, fuck it. I'll work. I'm going to work the rest of the day on a Sunday, but there's no point in me getting up. So at a certain point, my body's like, Hey, you know what? Fuck you. We're not doing this five hours of sleep kind right. of thing any, er, anymore. Like it just doesn't work. It'll happen. But I think the most important thing people need to realize, and I mean, Caleb alluded to it is just, it's become so part of your life. You don't really know what else to obviously do. But the most important thing to understand is, is, your schedule in your life setting is always going to be different at different stages of your life. So you're going to carry on more things if you choose to pick up more things. Like, for instance, I'm also a practicing lawyer. I'm also a law professor, and I teach a lot at the law school here, too. So those two things alone, plus you have a family, 
Um, plus, you're obviously trying to make time to work out. Plus, you want to make time to do other type of personal things you try Podcasts to do around your home. Exactly, yeah. or interact with friends. He's so again, now, he's now a co-host of the Triple Option. So <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah, so Boom. anyway, I, again, and that's a that's a selection choice. If you choose to add things to your life, then you have to understand that you have to have a method for organizing them. Because if you don't, then that's when your life gets into chaos. That's when stress starts coming. So I think the biggest thing about having time management having a schedule process like we talked about how it was playing college sports, how it's like regimented. If you don't incorporate that into your life as you're taking on new things and you transition out of a different stage, whether it was student athlete to now professional or whatever it is, you have to have that type of schedule or plan because if you don't, that's when, like I said, stress, disarray, you come unorganized, you start making mistakes, you forget things. So I think once you're on that plan, it just makes things go a lot more smoother. So again, it's the stage of life that you're in, the transitions you're making, mm-hmm. having that plan already ahead of how you want to attack your days. That's what makes it more enjoyable and more livable. I want to back up a little bit. I've got two things. Uh, Caleb, can you look up defensive tackle Spencer Johnson? That's one thing. Uh, the other thing is uh, when I asked about having a motor kind of in the beginning of this, uh, were it, when you were in high school, did you have this? Because you said it, it kind of mm. came to play in college. Right. My point is always, I was kind of a lazy kid in high school as well. And then when things started clicking, when I took business school uh, classes and like really just started getting my shit together, it was like, oh, I'm going to graduate. You know, I'm halfway through college. And then I just started like kind of, um, kind of setting my own discipline and being like, all right, I need to live it up as much as I can, meaning I should get a job. So when I get out of college, I'll have a job. I need to really focus on the the studies I like and entrepreneurship. Uh, that's when it started to click for me. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had the time management skill, but I was always a C plus student. Mm. But getting that motor, a big thing I have a conversation with a lot of people is like, uh, I just don't have I don't have that what you have, and I go that's bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I was yeah. I was a lazy fucking kid, <laughs> I, especially the first two years of college. Yeah. And you, I just kind of go. Oh, I got to get my shit together or else uh, I'm not cool enough to be the guy that wakes up at 11 and just have shit come to you. You got to go make shit happen. So, yeah. so let me ask you this, because that, that's kind of what I, I wanted to get to earlier. And of course, I just got on the tangent and sidetracked. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of it's a little more obvious for the, the people that, you know, played a sport in college. But I think that even if you played a sport or not, you know, everyone has a, a moment or a certain time, you know, sliver in time there when they were in college or high school or whenever it was that they said, man, I, ne- I need to do things this way and certain things at this time in this fashion. And then that will help me to become, you know, maybe not successful, but it's, it's at least th- the best start for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, when was that time for you that you just said, you know, man, I need to I need to go get a job or I need to I need to take this seriously so that I'm you know, I, in a few years, I'm not just, you know, sitting here with my you know, thumb up my ass. Yeah. Are you asking or are you just kind of when, when was that time for you that oh, you that do you uh, did you have that one moment that you remember when, when you were like, man, I here's what I need to be doing. Uh, co- it coincided with uh, wanting to really do stand up. And I, I kind of uh, surprisingly now that I look at all the young guys coming up that. I actually thought about it in a, in a good direction. I mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't. You, once you pass nineteen, figure out you're not Eddie Murphy. You know, you're not going to have a special by twenty one. Uh, you kind of go, okay, I'm going to have to work a lot harder. I might not be the funniest naturally, but I, I think of comedy as kind of like uh, being fast or yeah. quick. Like you can be you can be a badass sprinter. Like I think we talked about this before, Eddie mm-hmm. George. Uh, was a fast running back, but at the same time he would go to speed camp every summer yeah. because he thought that was so important to him. And he's only marginally getting better, but he did it every summer. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of like that as a metaphor. It's like, yeah, you got to have some of that natural ability, but it, you can get better and work on it. Uh, if you want to use another sports kind of uh, metaphor, it's like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a post-up game you know, year four, and then he worked on it all summer. I didn't have uh, crowd work skills year four. I was doing mine, and I did groundlings classes. And it's cool to see my old uh, groundlings teacher, Michaela Watkins, was on SNL. She left wow. in the middle of the session, and then now she's on that show, Casual, on Hulu. Oh, cool. Which is really cool to see. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like, 
as Burt Kreischer says, you have the nautical beacons. You're talking about the machine? The machine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the comedian and from Tampa and uh, been a good been a good advisor for me. He's like, you got to have the nautical beacons that's keeping you in. Mm-hmm. Who are going to be these people that are going to like be those physical beacons that are kind of like, hey, oh, this is a good person to hang around. This is a good person. So long story boring, uh, basically, to borrow a phrase from Brett Ernst, another comic, um, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I got to get my shit together. I think I had good time management skills from football, actually, because our high school, you had three hours of practice every day, yeah. and then I'd go work out for another hour. And then you maybe get home at eight or nine, and I'd throw some shit together uh, work-wise, school-work-wise, and then go to bed, yeah. and then wake up and do it again. So I think that time management skill of having something that made you disciplined to that, I had that in there, and then got lazy, and was like, oh, fuck. And I also found business classes too at the same time, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, and I, I know for my for myself that it was, um, I I can remember the almost exact moment where I don't know why, um, it hit me when it did. But I was uh, I was in junior college. I was, you know, ha- had the the goal and dream of getting drafted and being a professional baseball player and pitcher. And um, so I had a rough freshman year. And when you have a rough freshman year in junior college baseball, it's usually. Uh, <laughs> It's usually pretty depressing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I had a goal in mind and I wanted to wanted to reach my goal. So I kind of just had this this aha moment where I said, man, these these guys that are really good and that are going places with baseball, they surround themselves with it. It's what they do. And I, I kind of found myself being, man, I really like baseball, but I, uh, I like going out a little bit and I like you know, meeting new people and I like business and I like, you know, reading about other things. And I don't love baseball players conversations. Not a a lot of good thought in there. You know, there, there's actually some really bright, uh, bright ball players out there, but for the, for the majority, it's it's, a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bros and, uh, and and dudes and, uh, and long awkward pauses and kind of like the, the, the dog tilted to the side look. Um, so, I just I had this epiphany where I just said I need to surround myself with this, and if I can do this for the next year, let's see where I get, yeah. um, and let's see what it what it does for me. And I went from being uh, a non scholarship player in junior college. This is really just painting a, a brutal picture of the kind of pitcher I was, a, a non scholarship player in junior college to to after that that moment I had of dedicating myself to baseball. I never played uh, paid for another year of school ever again. Um, cause I was a scholarship guy every year and I just made it uh, a point to say, surround yourself with the game. Um, and and I, I did that in the classroom as well saying, man, the classroom works, my motivation to get out there and play baseball and, and, uh, to be the best that I, that I really can in order to achieve this goal. Um, and everything else kind of followed. So for me, I remember that moment specifically, and I've always kind of applied that to whatever I'm doing. If you want to be good at something, surround yourself with it. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like you, you, I don't want to say you can't fail, but you're going to set yourself up to to succeed a, a, a lot quicker than if you're just scatterbrained all the time with a bunch of different tasks. Yeah, so. there was, and I don't know if you were getting at this. I kind of thought you were, and and then you didn't. <laughs> well, no. Let me let me, let me <laughs> articulate your point. Yeah, well, well your no. attorney. Yeah, tell me if you're wrong because I was actually going to say this before you actually started saying it, and you were you you hit it on the head. I just don't know if you actually said the same words, but if you're doing what you're what what you said how you surround yourself how you decide to make a change in terms of well i like going out i like doing this i like a little bit of business i want to dabble in some different things but to have time management and to kind of be successful i think you have to understand and we didn't say it yet and that's what i thought you were saying is that there's a certain level of sacrifice oh absolutely you have to be yeah you have to be willing to give up something for me it was going out Mm -hmm. i would i had to study in the library a lot more whether it was an undergrad or law school and you have to maybe going out with your friends a little bit and saying no you can't be afraid sometimes not to like let people down, but if you know it's something where, for instance, it's going to have what I call a duplicative effect on you, which means A, it's taking you away from doing something that you're doing that day, and then B, the next day you wake up, perhaps if you go out drinking late, you know you're not going to be as effective the next day. Right. That's taking time away from you too. So oh, yeah. you have to find what those situations are and then realize, look, I might have to give these up to sacrifice because I know I have to get these things done in my time that I have. So, again, I think a level of sacrifice is also what comes with that epiphany, too, is saying, look, I know I would love to do these things, but I rank these things in a more higher pro- pro- uh, priority. And so, therefore, I have to kind of give these other ones up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the priority checklist. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I brought it up on this podcast, uh, but I, I see it 
this way with a, a comedy set list or just shit I have to do is the ESPN crawl on the side where you're like, oh, this is more important. I'm going to take this out. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. put it up like a Jenga kind of um, set where like, yeah. oh, this is way more important. I have to get this done. And we talked about this, I know, on uh, previous episodes. You have to make time for, for the wifey. You have to block out time almost. <laughs> and we're in that weird thing where I'm trying to get us on sync and be like, hey, let's have this shared calendar. Like last night, it was like we had to do a Friendsgiving and it said nine. I, I, I got that coming up. It said <laughs> nine p.m. on the calendar. I was like, "Cool, it's a late one, awesome." And she was like, "No, it's at six. And I was like, "Well, for, we haven't talked about it. Why would I?" <laughs> and then, like, because in my head, I already have the next, I have the next four hours bricked out. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna go for a run. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do like three other things." Uh, that that kind of sacrifice as well, where you have to like almost be like, "Well." Uh, I'm gonna have to sacrifice what I thought I had ahead of me, yeah. and I'm gonna have to really just, just bite my fucking, bite my tongue and just go mm-hmm. to this thing. Yeah. That, that that almost actually sounds like compromise more than sacrifice, <laughs> or maybe a little bit of both. Because well, you're almost compromising. There's always, there's always sacrifice and course. compromise, right? Exactly. Yeah, I was so just say. I, well, I don't want to get too like, blah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Totally. <laughs> but it, uh, I think that is an excellent point. Sacrifice is a big thing. Where I, I've now I. I uh, egregiously am promoting myself to get this company going and make sure we're, we never get behind and uh, doing it douchey-wise on social media. I put it out there last Friday, you know, I think it was the third or fourth Friday in a row that I've been in the office until 10 or 11 p.m. at night. And it doesn't feel shitty. I'm de- it does feel shitty not to see a lot of my friends that I want to, but I know in the long run this, this won't be like this forever, eh? That's one thing a lot of chicks don't get to, uh, is that what's going on right now doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen in perpetuity. Right. Uh, like, are you, you treat the dogs this way. Is this how you're going to treat a kid if we have it? No, because it's a kid. <laughs> so, like, that's a totally different scenario. I don't have, like, I'm not a cop. I can, I can adjust my thinking. <laughs> I don't have zero tolerance on every issue I have. I, I, like, I like this gray matter where you kind of, okay, Everything's on a spectrum almost. I'll get back to Spencer Johnson in a second. I was just going to ask you about him. uh, Well, let's get to it. So I lived in the college uh, football dorms. Technically, they couldn't be the college football dorms. So it's 49% college football, uh, Auburn uh, football team, and then 49% ROTC. And then me and my buddy Jimmy uh, have the one that (laughs) – so it makes it it non-dominant for the whole place. And they would get up, and they worked their fucking dick off. And I – I would, but even ROTC, which is surprising to me. I thought that was kind of fucking jack around shit. Um, Those guys get after it, man. They would have they they would be like calling out each other. Oh, I got up at four forty five. What time did you get up? They're like yeah. five. They're like, ha, why don't you sleep in a little bit more? There was a guy on my football team in college that did ROTC too. So he would have the double the workouts every day. Where he'd do ROTC at five a.m. Do whatever they do, all their drills and running a couple miles, and then he would go to class. He'd usually miss the workout. They would count that he wasn't a big dude, but. You know, then he still have Fall to go. Back. In, still have to go. In, no, he was a, a wide, a wide receiver with us. But he would still do the three-hour practice later in the afternoon that we'd have, and wow. still have to make film session. Well, and so bringing it back to Spencer Johnson, uh, he lived in that dorm. I would. I love me some checkers, fast food. Uh, you got to eat. What are you doing? And uh, I'd bring it back, and I'd get a Spencer Johnson tax every time I'd come back. He'd be like, "Yo, what's in that bag?" I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> books." Like, uh, I'd not say something. Sh- I said something <laughs> shitty to him the first yeah. time I met him, and I was like, "I'm not no, nothing you want, man." And he's like, "Let me see that." And like grabbed it and like took forty percent, like the government, and just ate it. And, uh, I got and these that was cheeseburgers. A, that was our relationship. Uh, yeah, I got these cheeseburgers, man. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, uh, but I did get to see like they would do lights out at like nine. And it'd be like chaos at eight fifty-seven. It'd be like, "Woo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get over here, Omar!" Woo, like it was fucking craziness. And then it was complete silence. Uh, so I always kind of like I admire that uh, discipline of just like lights out, it's done. Get up, you're gonna get up in the morning yeah. and just fucking hate the morning, but you're gonna do it. Um, so let's go from uh, let's go from you got out of college, you played ball. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about how you, you kind of realized, hey, this this uh, professional football stuff is not 
it's hard to kind of give that up, and it's hard to be like, yeah. it's something you've you've played probably since you were ten. Earlier, um, no, I actually only played in my second year of high school. I started. Oh, okay. Being because I'm actually from Canada, you just play hockey your whole life. You don't really. Right. St- as soon as you get to high school and you get these other sports, it's not Were really you a pushed. Goon? No, I no? was good. I played travel. I was a good player. It just. I could um, see you as a good goon though. Yeah, maybe. I'm not as big uh, now, or like uh, I guess the way I am now, I wasn't the same size back when I was in uh, playing hockey when I was a kid. But you're like cake eater. In, uh, I was exactly like you're like Banks. Adam Banks. There yeah. you go. I was like I was, I was like Adam <laughs> Banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I didn't grow up in that kind of neighborhood. But um, I'll tell you this. It, you kind of just realize what you want out of life. You kind of talk to enough people, which I think you should always do before you get involved in something, is do your research. So I researched, you know, what the league was like, what the average, you know, span of a, of a player coming in who maybe wasn't drafted high, and if they're if they're a free agent, how often you'd be shipped around, and how long. To me, I saw it more as stalling your life. So if you weren't going to get you know, to where you want to go fast enough. And of course, sometimes, you know what, people, you you hear stories, you know, he spent his time in the in the D-League or whatever for five years and worked his way up. That's great. I just thought, you know, I wanted more instantaneous results. And some people are not like that, where they're willing to kind of, you know, struggle for a whole bunch of time. To me, I wanted to get my life started. So mm-hmm. I knew, look, I was gonna going to go to law school and then get my LLM master's degree after that. I knew I was going to do it. But how long do you wait until maybe you won't do it one day? And how long was I going to get bounced around? You don't know what's going to happen. And if obviously you look at what the salaries are and is that, th- that money worth it, will you make more doing a different profession? So I kind of just did a cost-benefit analysis of everything. And you kind of look at more of what you want out of life. And if you don't think you're at the level that you wanted to be at at that age, then I figured, you know what, I can be at the level I want to be at in a different career, even before a certain age where you're supposed to even blossom at it, then do the other thing as long as that still makes you happy. So that was kind of how I did that cost-benefit analysis, weighed it. You still got to be happy with your decision. If you know you're not going to be happy doing anything else than your other passion, then someone like me, then I I definitely would have said, you know what, stay in football, grind, and go through it and see where you end up. But to me, I just wanted a little bit more um, instantaneous results and I knew I didn't want to put off school and I wanted to get that done as fast as possible so I had all my legal education done even before the age of uh, 28 so yeah what 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 age did you make that that cost-benefit analysis and I tell right. a lot of people hey you have this Google thing you can kind of project yeah what your career might be that's in a certain field. Right. that's what you do it's kind of it's kind of insane not uh, people don't do that yeah. like yeah. it's kind of insane that we have athletes that go broke yeah when we literally have two documentaries about the subject right a 30 for 30 yeah. and then there's a meeting at the beginning of every single season yeah about, about managing not, money yeah, yeah not going broke like right yeah well but it, but i can actually get get it into that if you want there's more to it than just that meeting it's the people that you surround yourself right. and your money managers and what they're doing but anyway we yeah, can talk about that after if you want but yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's, that's a whole other podcast literally another i would hour. love to have that one one day okay but um anyway the point i was trying to make you asked me when i uh, decide that i was um getting out of college 22 23 years old i did it so that's really young yeah. for a lot of people that mm-hmm. are entering law school especially when you have a little bit of a hurdle of like I didn't know if the being Canadian kind of yeah. it made it more difficult. I mean, obviously socially, but like, right. uh, <laughs> but like, <laughs> maybe. But I'm saying like, it does, did that have a another kind of speed bump in the way that you had to kind of work around, or because no. where did you go to law school? Um, I went to undergrad at Michigan Tech. I said I went to law school, Western Michigan University, uh, Cooley School of Law. I did my Chris uh, Cooley School of Law, the tight end. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's from Washington. No, and then I did my master's, my LLM uh, in corporate law and finance, also at Western Michigan. Okay, and they nice. have a campus down in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, that's where I teach at right now. I teach corporate law there. So, like, w- what I'm trying to say is, I think it, it's a mature decision at 22, 23 mm-hmm. that. I think a lot of people kind of wait around. How do you know you wanted to do that? That's that's the right. big question I keep getting asked by my friends. How do I figure out what my passion yeah. is? And I, you know what? That's a very good question. And I don't think there's a, a right answer to it. But I will tell you what I think the right answer is, at least from my own per, uh, perspective. Because, I mean, I, re- I even remember being in law school with friends of mine. And they're older than me. And they still didn't even know what they wanted to do in the law, but they were just at law school and they just to get their law degree and they, they didn't even know what they wanted to concentrate in, whether it be criminal law, corporate law, employment law, et cetera. So I don't think that's that unusual though, no, right? No, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, it's it's yeah. not. So I, I, I think this is what I would tell somebody because this is how it was for me. You have to take a good look at yourself, not a snapshot in the present, but I even go back 10, 
you know, years or so, I would even say a decade, or even if you're just about getting into high school, I started thinking to myself, you know, what was I constantly attracted to if I would open up the newspaper or if I was turning on the television or if it was the news or if I was having conversations with my parents? What are the things that I was always drawn to, had the most interest in, was, were catching my eye, I was having conversations about? And for me, my mom worked in politics her, uh, my, my whole life when I was living in Canada. My dad's a police officer. Law policy, politics, these things were constantly being talked about. If I was opening up the newspaper, those were the first sections I would look at. Um, when I was doing certain things in school, you do career days or you, you know you can uh, go and follow somebody or write essays. My dad let me follow the most um, successful defense attorney criminal in Windsor, Ontario, where, where, where uh, I'm from for a career day. He asked him, he said, absolutely have your son follow me. So I started making sure I was pointing myself in these directions. And then all of a sudden, as you get older, you realize, yeah, that's, I did this for all this time. That has to be where my passion's in. Because again, psychologically, I don't want to get too, you know, uh, Freudian into this, but (laughs) they say, and I studied psychology, I have a minor in it as well. They tell you the actions that you take, even when you're younger, as you're being developed, obviously your brain develops every single year in your life as you're younger, you start to realize you do these things or you have these interests for a reason. And you can tap into them even later on as you get older in life and you start realizing, I cared about these things. These things matter to me. I have a passion for these things. Something needs to come around and bring them full circle. Mm-hmm. And then for me, even when I was doing my studies, my undergrads in pre-law and uh, social sciences, and you started taking those classes for a reason. You just you just start realizing, you know what? It's in that area. And I think people get scared when they have to pick, you know, what am I going to do? Oh, my God. Don't just think of something in the abstract too much in terms of, oh, it has to be, for instance, me, just law. No, there's so many different careers you can do in one area. So don't pigeonhole yourself and don't get scared. It has to be this. No, you can have a law degree and not practice law and do other good jobs. Or you can, you know, get a degree in biology and not be a biologist and you can be a consultant for certain me- uh, you know medicine firms or whatever you can be the bridge between you got the, those two industries i exactly. talk about that a lot there like people go. are like same with business mm-hmm. i'm like business is so general it doesn't mean you have to be the fucking pinstripe guy exactly. you, don't, you don't have to do that <laughs> and no. same with uh, attorneys even accountants to a degree like uh accounting and finance like you can't i know that's more under the business area but i'm saying like you don't have to be the person that's doing cash flow statements every month. Yep. You could be the the go between broker for the bio, you know, Kim Lab that's helping uh, that's helping orcas, you know, find their way or that's something right. like that, that's or right. not die off. You know, you <laughs> could be the bridge between that where they need someone like that in a field that generally doesn't have their shit together in that respect. Right. So, and I talk to um, you know high school kids a lot, and I I've given a couple commencement speeches. I've been asked to go and. It's Jesus, it's man. it's kind of yeah. It's 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 finding what what I call a passion within a passion. So for instance, don't just say you know. For instance, I'm going to medical school, and you put all this pressure on yourself. I have to be the best surgeon. Is no, get your degree if that's where your field is, and don't be too scared if you don't score high enough and you're not the best surgeon in the world. The medical field is so broad, you can still find a niche within it or niche, yeah. whatever you want to call it, and you can still be happy because you can find something else to do. The way the world is today. You and you can extrapolate from one discipline in one area of a concentration and you can create and make it totally something else. I mean, I can guarantee you when the Internet was created, it wasn't just to be a search engine. And now the way the Internet is, you can do so many different things. And there's apps now and Twitter's created and Facebook. I mean, again, there's things you don't foresee. So you can go and create your own path. You can, you know, um, kind of multiply or have a domino effect from something else that you already see is in society and create your own business that way. Or you can get involved in a different aspect of that discipline that you chose to focus in. So people sometimes get too caught up. And that's why I tell them to help them find their passion is find first your area over what you've been involved in over a certain period of time. And once you get in it and you've got your education, in it, don't think you're going to all of a sudden be you know, or, or, or worry about being the top right away in that field. You can find your way through by getting experiences in different facets of it, and then it can lead you back to the top of where you want to go. It's what I I say a lot of comics are like, um, they'll ask for advice in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and it's like, do you care about being famous? And if they're like, yeah, that's why I got in this, then then you'll never make it. You'll probably never make it. Mm -hmm. There's a, uh, so kind of back to what you were saying about finding what what makes you happy. Um, There's a commencement speech by Charlie Day. Um, who was uh, the creator of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And um, so when I, when I first found this, uh, this speech on, on YouTube, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I just, I, his voice just cracks me up because ah! it's just so distinct. 
Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this and hopefully there'll be a good tidbit in there about, you know, success and trials and failure. And, um, but I listened to it. It was about 20 minutes long. And, uh, honestly it, that was another one of those, uh, those things that I heard where you're kind of sitting on your couch watching it on YouTube. And, um, I, I almost felt you know, like kind of cheesy for uh, for being like so inspired by this speech from this guy who's just known for, you know, the kind of just yelling loud things, you know, absurd mm -hmm. things and getting huge laughs. And uh, one of the points of his speech was um, don't just do what makes you happy, do what makes you great. Um, and I think, you, you know, you said do what makes you happy, find what makes you happy. And I think that is um, the start of it a, a lot of times you you because we want to be happy uh, I think some of us want to be happy so bad we lose sight of what happiness even is for us right um, and I think that's a big issue I know I struggle with it I know a lot of other people that do sure. as well and they say, I just want to do what makes me happy and I said well, well what would that be what makes you happy and they're well, I don't know you know it's like you you want to be you want to declutter but then you also want to be busy enough that you're going to be successful and you want all these different things that kind of you know uh contradict each other but so and, and what what he said after that was um so he says don't just do what makes you happy do what makes you great he said a lot of this has been hard work and i'm not always happy yeah. um and he, what he was referring to is um you know going through a bunch of different areas in his life where he failed and he had just happened to start one of the longest lasting uh, comedy shows on uh, on on cable television Still or network no television. It's like 11 and seasons. And yeah, it's, no it's, inc it's I've incredible. I've never seen it. I have to check it out. Well, so what he, the fuck? Yeah. 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 I watch a lot of other political shows. I told so, you. I so my this ain't social. political. Yeah, this it's, is, not, it's not political. Yeah, that's but what I mean. I focus on Anti-Seinfeld, I think, is what it's been called. Yeah. I thought it was a good show, though. Great writing, great acting. And it was just started. I mean, he had opportunities to go do certain shows. Um you know, with, uh, with, with certain networks and he turned it down and just got a couple video cameras and started filming the show in his apartment with his buddies. And it, like I said, became one of the longest lasting comedies. still to this day. They're, they're creating new, new episodes and seasons. Um, but it was one of those things. And you had, when you had said, you know, do what makes you happy. Like I totally agree with that. I think you should do what ma makes you happy, but I think when you take it a step further, you find out you start to see these little tidbits of what you're good at and like but you have to find what interests you like you're yeah. saying you what yeah. what was i looking up in the paper that i would go straight to what's the first thing yeah um you know for me growing up it was always sports um i think a lot of you know a lot of a lot of guys and girls as well but uh, you know definitely a lot of guys grow up that way where they're just drawn to sports for whatever reason um so i would do that and I, then i then i needed to find man sports does make me happy but also I want to be successful. I don't, I don't need to be famous, but I want to be good at something. You know what I mean? And that's what will, will make me really happy is being good at something and having something I can put my time and effort to. So I think it's that, that one extra step that I just wanted to throw out there is find also once you've found what makes you happy. So I know I want to do law. Now, how can I go out and be great at law? Not, not me. Yeah. I was just <laughs> yeah. thinking that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, all right. One thing I'll back up to way in the beginning as well is mm -hmm. we talked about failure and how that can be good. Yeah. You mentioned that fear of failure right. is something that motivates you. It does. Uh, was that innate? Is that something you've struggled with? Because I'll give you, a, for instance, while you think about it, is um, when, I, when I was playing football in high school, I had uh, my coach kind of always bring me aside, mm -hmm. and he said, you look like you're scared to make a mistake. Right. kind of thing because you're thinking about doing it it should be instinct he right. didn't say the second part but right he basically said to let you think about it yourself like huh what does that mean yoda like yeah i don't i'm fucking 16 i don't understand what that means like yeah. i haven't read the inner game of yeah. tennis yet or that's realized. not fear though what that is is you're supposed to play the game to be more reactionary and instinctive than to think so for instance yeah. you can't think about as soon as you get the ball and it's a you know, toss, sweep, right, and you got the ball and you're running, you can't start thinking about, okay, I know the guard's supposed to be coming. Where is where's he? My oh, my gap? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's my guy? No, it's you just got to see the play for it is, and you have to just take over yourself sometimes. Right. He was saying that more or less in one way or the other, right. but I think it was outside football too. Mm -hmm. Probably. Because uh, yeah. we had a uh, – he was a family friend as well. Right. So it, it kind of bled into that a little bit, yeah. and it kind of stuck in my craw. And it was one of those things It's like – okay, it's okay to fuck up. Right. Now I got to learn why you watch film when you do football, yeah. why you 
if you run business, you should be doing a monthly and quarterly, like, all right, what have we done? What, how can we do it differently? Like, how can we get better? Right. The continuous improvement, Six Sigma, blah, yeah. blah. I keeping a lean saying, profile and all that stuff. Uh, you know, we, we've started this company and I've talked to my partner and I was like, we definitely fucked up on this account. Yeah. And I'm not going to let it happen again. But right. in, given the situation, we had to do it this way. Yeah. Uh, we won't do it that way ever again. So are you almost saying, and I, I, I tell me if I'm wrong because I'm trying to interpret. Are you almost saying, look, you said, Steve, that you're afraid of failure. But then you also raise the point where you can learn from your failure. Yeah. So where's the middle road or where are you trying to get at? For me, it wasn't a failure about individual instances because you do learn from those and i've had those i mean fear of failure in life as a total right that's what i'm more worried about not just okay sometimes you are going to fail a little bit and you learn from you absolutely do but i was more worried about the the big picture yeah yeah and i've i've got a bit of that as well Mm -hmm. i kind of like when i'm feeling like a bum i'm kind of like well fuck what do i live to like 80 like i get up get up and go do some shit don't don't sit around and watch reruns well, I've just kind of realized lately, like, why am I watching reruns of the same show? I like, but I already know most of the beats on this episode. <laughs> I'm wasting life doing that. Yeah. I should be, I should be reading. I should be doing something else. Uh, what I was saying was, do you think that that can drive a little bit too much stress, anxiety for you, or do you kind of? A lot of people feed off that mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I, I think, I think a lot of people that have a motor like you do kind of kind of do feed off some kind of scenario like that like i gotta keep moving i gotta keep going forward yeah. uh that kind of that kind of area yeah. do you think that's d- you can do that too much and pull it back or do you think no that's what's going to drive me ultimately i think um at least i'll speak for my myself first i don't think it ever was something that got kind of too out of control where i couldn't handle and it kind of you know makes you get stressed out i think every single person um, and I think I already said this, it always comes down to is handles stress differently. So when you look at your life, a lot of people jack off. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Stockbrokers, they do it in the bathroom at work. They probably do. Yeah. They, they do blow okay. or who knows what it is. But Both. Yeah, it makes but you party. <laughs> there you yeah. go. So point is, is I think you start looking at, you know, not that you maybe are a fear of uh, too much of, of failure. If, it, if it's stressing people out a little bit too much or they start putting too much stock in it, I think they start looking at their lives and saying, look, at this pace I'm going, can I live this way and be content? You, there, there's always some point where you're going to find a point of con, uh, contentment. Me, I haven't found mine yet. I'm always striving. But mm-hmm. I guess what to answer your question is everyone's disposition is so different that people are more laid back where what they're doing is just enough for them. So they're, they're okay with that where they won't even dip their toe into the uh, river where failure could be possible because they don't need to even you know push themselves that far and people are content with that other people need to dive right in that thing and see where it takes them and that's what makes them content is how they battle through that and what happens later so that's why i'm saying to answer your question it's everyone's disposition the way they're wired is so different that you know you can't just say for everybody that you know they're definitely going to going to be afraid and that adds stress to them and then that's why that that fear of failure causes them to almost get overreactive it's no it's people's level of contentment because all of us as humans are so different that's what kind of separates us apart and that's how we choose to to live whether we want to keep striving or we're doing just enough to be happy where where we're at so what i got out of that is Mm -hmm. uh if you're feeling hot don't put your tootsies (laughs) in the river of failure i hope you got more from that it doesn't (laughs) even need to keep explaining it no no (laughs) okay uh, good i mean (laughs) Well, that was pretty good advice. <laughs> no, that, that's good advice. I I got to pepper in some jokes. Yeah, you do. I'm a little bit more bland, right? Uh, well, you, you're very focused. You have an Asperger's-y type kind of <laughs> I'm, I got something to say, yeah. and I've got 40 different things yeah. I want to put in there. Yeah. And, like, I think all three of us, we don't even look at each other when we're trying to make a point because you're trying to focus on yeah. the point. Yeah. I uh, save my comedy for the football podcast. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. trying to be a little more serious, a little different. <laughs> well, look, man, this has been, it's been closer to an hour. And we're, I think we're trying to keep it at that mark because yeah. uh, people's attention spans aren't that long. Yeah. I, 
Maybe maybe we'll open it up to maybe a more Rogan or uh, Pete Holmes three hour banger, but yeah. uh, it ends when it ends kind of theory. Like a Grateful Dead song. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> but for now, you'll you'll definitely come back on because you're gonna you I'll have a lot of shit you to want talk me. about. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anything anything left? Anything you wanted to say that maybe you didn't? Yeah. Um, I like the buckle Bruce shirt you got on. Thanks. I'm definitely it's going for the Cowboys. Good though. pod. That's my it's team. It's good visual. It is. You it's like good that? for the audio. Those of you who can't see. He's got the red and orange pride with the Buckle Bruce uh, Tampa Bay Buck shirt Especially on. when this comes out three, le- three weeks later when <laughs> oh, they're yeah. like, uh, who are they playing? The yeah. Cowboys? So this is, what, November 15th maybe today? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Payday for some people. That's right. So Cowboys will probably win. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. I I want to end this so I can watch the Bucks lose. Yeah. That's I, that's how I focus. Not that we like want the Bucks to be bad, but all I'm trying to say is you can count on them to mess it up somehow. No, they find new ways to lose, yeah, except they ways. don't learn from that. That's no. That's the problem. They just added to their arsenal of, of how to lose. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. We can mess up this way now. We learned that in week, <laughs> in week three. Bring that back and we find just, a way to screw this. If someone's good at Photoshop, how to lose a game in 10 ways. If they can do a parody <laughs> meme of that, I'd really enjoy yeah. that. So uh, I, was just, I was just trying to say I feel underdressed how you have that great shirt on and he's got his high school sweater, baseball sweater on. So well, this is a I got to step my game up. <laughs> uh, Caleb, you got anything? No, I think I think that was great. And it was uh, this was my first time meeting Steve. And I, I thought this was uh, this this was great advice this was an awesome conversation so hopefully uh hopefully you listeners enjoyed it as well and uh if you did make sure you uh you share it tell a friend about it um you know like us on facebook share us on facebook and uh check us out well, if you made it this far like i say shawshank redemption if you made it this far <laughs> why don't you come a little bit further uh, uh why don't you give us a five-star review uh here's here's the algorithm from what i've heard subscribe rates downloads and then reviews those are the three ways you kind of move up the charts. So if you can help us out, give us a five-star. Give us a one-star. I don't give a shit. If you don't like it, that's fine. We're going to advertise this podcast out there. <laughs> but uh, what, what I was going to say is give us a review, uh, however many stars. Uh, write a review, subscribe, and then download. And then that'll help us get up the rankings. Yeah. You do that. It takes you two minutes. You do that. It helps us geek up the way. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to go to TokoWorks dot com and hit the contact and we'll see those coming in if you have any sweat equity questions all right until next time uh i don't know we don't have a sign off until next time rick flair it <laughs> 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 <laughs>